Thank you, Brother David. Amen. I appreciate the Lord tonight. appreciate each one of you being here in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's a privilege. As David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Sometimes we can't be there, but thank God. I'm glad to be here tonight. I appreciate the privilege of being able to minister tonight. I appreciate uh, Brother Corey. appreciate Brother Eddie. Amen. And trusting me to minister tonight, I always feel that an honor and always feel it a privilege. Amen. And um, I thank God tonight. I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. Amen. And I thank God for my honey and uh, for the almost 12 years that God has given us. April the 9th will be 12 years. And uh, I just thank God for what he's done for him and um, how that the Lord is blessing him. Um, he had a lot of fluid in his lungs and was really, it was getting really bad, but thank God that he's lost about nine pounds of fluid. And so he's feeling better, and I thank God for that. And, and no matter what, you know, we found out today, I won't go into a lot of details, but, um, you know, here a little over a week ago, they mentioned about hospice, and that just totally blew me out of the court, and and um, I told her immediately, no, we're not even considering that, we're not doing that, and but it, it bothered me, and I thought, where, where did that even come from? I mean, why would they even, with the, even the health problems that he has, why would they suggest that? And so we were asking the therapist today, because we actually have decided to discontinue going with therapy because it doesn't seem to be helping Winford a lot. And and um, so I asked him, I said, why? Why would they even mention hospice? And, and brother, when I come to find out, I thought, that lying devil. Um, come to find out it was from a database. A database that they get to a certain point, they put all your health problems in there, and the database pops out and says, oh, I think they need to go on hospice. And I, th I thought, that's just like the devil to try to throw up stuff like that. But I just thank God for his love and for his wisdom, and he shows us what to do. Amen. But I want to go on and get into the word tonight, and that was my testimony. Amen. I thank God for what he's done for Winford and for helping him. Um, to be better and um, and to be able to be here tonight. But I want to go on and get in the Word tonight. And, and for everyone that's got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11. If I'm too loud, am I too loud out there? Okay. I didn't want to be too loud because sometimes when I get wound up, I can get loud, brother. Amen. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. And it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now... You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, 
except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gathered them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have, as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you tonight, Lord, for the privilege again tonight to stand behind this sacred desk and to minister your word. I ask you tonight to help me to step aside, Lord, uh, and I ask you uh, to step up and to preach through me tonight, Lord. Uh, without you, Lord, as this scripture says, without you I could do nothing. Uh, and Lord, I ask you to touch us tonight, Lord. You know everyone that is represented here. You know everyone that might be watching by live stream. Uh, and Lord, help me to preach tonight only those things um, which you would have me to preach. Uh, and Lord, take these words, Lord. Uh, and God, I ask you to let them be applied Lord, to hearts and lives tonight, Lord. And God, I thank you, Lord, for everything that will be accomplished in this part of this service tonight, Lord, and through this altar service. And Lord, we'll be so careful to give you all the praise and glory. Amen. Everybody, thank you. Amen for standing for the reading of God's Word. Amen. Tonight, I would like to preach for a little while on the source of life. The source of life. You know, so many times, you know, you look at young people and, and they go out and, and they do crazy stuff. They do crazy things, some of them. And, and some people says, well, they're just trying to find themselves. They're, they're just trying to find life. And, and, and not just young people, but middle-aged and older people. <laughs> people that you would think that should know, uh, uh, they're still seemingly trying to find life. They're trying to find out what life is all about. Uh, but that's what I'm preaching tonight is about the source of life. If we want life, we're going to find out tonight what life is all about. Uh, it's like I've said many times that some people says that I wouldn't want to live one day without the Lord. Uh, well, I tell you tonight, I wouldn't want to live one second without the Lord. Amen. Without Him, I would be nothing. Without Him, I could do nothing. Without Him, I would have nothing to even look forward to. Amen? Without Him, there would be nothing to look forward to. There would be no life. Now, we find here that in this parable that Jesus brought out, it's talking about the branch. And branch comes from the word clemma. It's a Greek word, which is a limb, a shoot, as if broken off. And a branch is no, of no value on its own. It must receive its life and value from another source apart from itself. And we find from the Word of God that that source 
is the vine. Amen? That branch is nothing of itself without being attached to the vine. You know, it can say all day long that I want life. I want, I want to be alive. I want to do my own thing. But we'll find in this message tonight that that branch can do nothing unless it is attached to that vine. It is useless. Ooh, I think I'll preach tonight. Amen. It is useless without being attached to the vine. Now we find, first of all, the true vine. In this parable, Jesus describes himself as the true vine. And, and we can find that his father as the vine dresser, which is the owner. In other words, of the vineyard and, and the true vine and those who have become his disciples as the branches. Uh, so we can find from the word of God that Jesus is the true vine and we are the branches. Uh, now you can see from that that without uh, him being the true vine and without him that us being the branches, there is no way uh, that we can survive. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there is no way that we can survive without being attached, amen, uh, to that vine. Because that vine is the source of life. Amen. That, that branch is just something that shoots out. Something that sprouts out from, amen, that vine. Now there is one thing for certain. The branches cannot, as I said, cannot survive on their own. They cannot disconnect from the vine, which is Christ, and still survive. Amen. Now, I think we got some folks tonight that that's exactly what they do. They try to detach themselves from Christ, and they think they're still going to have life. They think they're still going to have a good time. They think they're still going to go in their own way. Well, I can just, I figure this thing out. I can do this thing on my own. woo -hoo. I've had some folks to look at me and they'll say, Well, Sister Darlene, you've you you must you must have a handle on this thing. You you've been serving the Lord for what, 51 years? You must be figured this thing out, how to do it. Uh, Why well, you, you just seem like you can live the life. Well, let me tell you something, brother. It does not matter how long I've been serving the Lord. It doesn't matter when I started serving Him. Amen. Every morning that I get up and I put my feet on the floor, I am very much aware, glory to God, that I am not anything without the Lord. If I detach myself, brother, from that vine which is the Lord Jesus Christ I am nothing amen and I do not have a copyright on this thing and I cannot and will not be able to live this life outside of Christ A lot of folks says, well, you just, after so many years, you know, they'll say, I've been in, I've been in church for years. I, I know how to serve the Lord. No, we don't. Oh, some folks says, well, I, I know how to live holiness. I know how to live right. No, you don't. Outside of Christ, we do not know how to live this life. Oh, I think I'll preach tonight. Amen. It doesn't matter how much we may put it on on the outside. Mm. I know I might blow some out of the court tonight. 
But it does not matter how much we put it on on the outside. It does not matter how much people look at us. It does not matter what people think about us. It's what Christ knows about us. And if we detach ourselves, we uh, remove ourselves from the true vine, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, it does not matter tonight how much we may still have the look. The Lord knows. Amen. And we're still His. He knows if we still belong to Him. We, he knows if we're still attached to the true vine. Right, right, Woo! The word vine comes from the Greek word ampelos, which is as calling about a support. Amen. That vine supports those branches. By remaining attached to him, the source of life, the branches will have life and survive. Do you get that tonight? They will have life and they will survive. Oh, yes, because they're attached to the vine. Now, notice Christ tonight as the life giver. John 1 and 4 says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we find in the Word of God that in Him, if we want life tonight, it's in Him. It's not in the world. It's not in the things that we can partake of. It's not in the things that we can reach out for tonight. But it is only in Christ. Some people might say, well, Sister Darling, I've been, I've been in church for years and years and years. I've tried it, and, and I'm still not happy tonight. I'm still not living. I really don't feel like I've got life. Well, let me tell you something tonight. If you're not happy, if you don't feel like you've got life tonight, then you're not truly attached to the vine. Amen? Because in Him, He's got all the life. He's got all the joy. He's got all the happiness. He's got all the excitement. He's got everything that you and I can possibly want and even more. Woo, glory. Amen. Amen. He's got every, He's got more tonight than we can even comprehend, brother. We can't comprehend all the joy. I can remember when I was just a child, my mother used to tell me, ever since I was big enough, my mother had grew up in church. Her mother was a godly woman, raised her in church. My granddaddy didn't go to church until years later. And he, I might have told this before, but he could be a sight. He was a good man. He was a hard worker, worked for the railroad. But he thought he would discourage my grandmother from going to church. So he, she had... Uh, maybe two or three children at that time. Anyway, and maybe expecting another one. And he'd say, if you go down there, and she had to walk. And he'd say, if you go down there to that church anymore, and that's when they had them old, them old doors where you had the keys, you stick in the lock, and you could lock them. And he said, if you go down there to that church anymore, I'm locking you out. When you get home, you'll be locked out of the house. Well, sure enough, that didn't stop her. She was going on to church. 
And she didn't, ooh, my, 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 I think I'll preach tonight. She didn't say, well, Johnny didn't want to go or, or, or so-and-so didn't want to go, so I left them home with their daddy. No, she took all them youngins to church. The only one was left at home was the pouting husband. Amen. She said, I'm walking to church. And she walked to church. And when she got home, he figured he'd show her. And so he locked her out of the house. And she sat on the porch with the children swinging until I guess he got hungry enough. And his stomach started hollering for those biscuits, brother. Amen. And after a while, he goes and unlocks the door and lets her in the house. And after a while, he come to realize, brother, it was not going to do any good to, to try to bribe her. It was not going to do any good to lock her out of the house because she was still going to go to church. Amen. And by the time us grandchildren came along, she uh, he was going to church with her. Now, he didn't get saved on his deathbed, but he, he went to church with her and he carried her to church in his car. Amen. But I said all that to say this, that my mother was raised in a Christian home as far as with my grandmother and she knew the right way and was carried to church. But after she got grown and married, she backslid. Got away from the Lord for many years until after I got saved. The next year my mother got saved and she really sold out to God and served the Lord the rest of her days. Amen. Many years she served the Lord and she died a godly woman. But I said that to say this, that as a small child, she used to tell me, Darlene, being a Christian is to be the happiest person in the world. And I can remember, little brother, I used to think, wow. And even at four and five years old, I can remember sitting on the church pew. And, 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 and sister, I, I give God all the glory. But even from a, that young age, there was always that pulling. And I can remember thinking, wow, to be a Christian is to be the happiest person in the world. And let me tell you something, it is. But... It makes you to know that pull that that devil tries to get a hold of somebody and makes them think, oh, come on over here. I'll show you a good time. But there's a difference in having a good time and having the joy of the Lord and having the peace of God that passes all understanding. Amen. And I'd have that drawing to go to that altar. I'd go to the altar, brother. But I got up the same way because I didn't sell out to God. But by the time I was 13 years of age, I totally surrendered my life to God. God. And then, sister, I began to understand what my mother had told me all those years. That being a Christian, why? Because there was something. Oh, and I'm just obeying God tonight. But there was something way down deep inside of my heart. And even though I was not way out there in the world, I was still lost without God until I got saved. But there was that longing on the inside of me that I wanted. I wanted. I I want that love. I want that joy. I want that peace. I want the life giver. Amen. Amen. Woo! Glory. And praise God at the age of 13, sister, I found it. In Him was life. And life was the light of men. John 6 and 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Are you thirsty tonight? 
Are you hungry? Did you know you can't get nobody to eat till they get hungry? I think some people just sit in church enough to get enough fed to them, but yet they don't really take it in. They just keep hearing it, and they get full, but yet they're so full of the world till they can't really get full of God because they're so full of the world. Mm. But he said, I am the bread of life. If you're truly hungry, he'll feed you. And he said that he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He'll never thirst if he comes to me. Do you see where he is the giver of life? He is the one that feeds you. He is the one that, that gives you to drink. What is he saying? He is saying that I am the one that will give you everything that you need. Woo, glory, amen, everything that you need. When, when I come into your life, there will be no need or hunger or thirst. If you're totally sold out to me, there will be no hunger and thirst for the things of this world. Let me tell you something tonight, church, amen. I don't get up every morning and battle with the things of the world out there and think, oh, I would love to go out there and do those things. I would sure like to do something. I would like to go over here and do something different. No, brother, why? Because I'm fulfilled in Christ. Amen? Amen. Woo! Amen. You say, well, Sister Darling, do you ever have temptation? <laughs> Am I living? <laughs> Am I living? Of course, everybody has trials. Everybody has temptations. But sis, I'm not tempted with the things of that world out there. Why? Because I'm fulfilled in Christ. He's my everything. That world out there, brother, I tell you what, brother, that world out there, it couldn't even hold a light to what I feel in here. Amen. It couldn't hold a light. Colossians 3 and 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now notice, although right doctrine, and I want us to get this tonight. Here, here it is right here. Although right doctrine and holy lives are, essential, are an essential part of redemption in Christ, it is fellowship with and love for Christ as a person that must be always be kept central in a person's life. In other words, it must be activated in my life. I can sit with the best pastor, and, and I feel like we do have the best pastors. But I'm just saying, you can sit in a church with the best pastors in the world. There were the best pastor that there ever was, Brother Walt, this earth. Amen. And his ministry was three and a half years, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the great shepherd. Amen. And, Brother, did you know someone still didn't hear him? You say, What are you saying, Sister Darling? A person can sit in a church, they can hear the best 
pastor. They can hear the best preaching. They can hear uh, the best doctrine preached. Because you cannot truly preach without preaching doctrine. But unless they allow it to be activated in their life. And what's happening, brother? Every time the word goes forth, every time it is preached, every time the Spirit of God moves in that service, they throw up a wall. Oh, that sounds good. No, don't come any further. Woo. My, my, this isn't in my notes this part tonight, but I'm just obeying God. Brother, they throw up a wall. They say, oh, that sounds good. Woo, I'd love to hear so-and-so preach. Not me. I don't want it. It sounds good, but I don't want it. That's just like my husband and I today. <laughs> we each, one of us had those turtle chocolates. Anybody love chocolate, turtles, caramel? Ooh, I love them. <laughs> and, and brother, there, there's not a whole lot. I'll make it known. There's not a whole lot in a box, but we finished up one box, brother, and just about finished the other box. But I'd ate and ate on them things. And my, bro my husband was still over there eating. Oh, I know he shouldn't be eating chocolates. Shouldn't be eating sweets, but it's Valentine's Day. But I ate and ate on them things, sister, and I was full. And he was still over there eating on them. He said, you want some more? I looked at him like, are you kidding? I don't want no more. I've had enough. Well, that's the way a lot of folks are doing with the Lord. They're saying, I've said in this for years. I've heard it for years. It sounds good, but I don't want to go. I don't, don't come any further than right here. They built a wall around themselves and they refuse to let the word of God penetrate that wall they say oh it sounds good but I'm not hungry and I'm not thirsty and I'm not eating and I'm not drinking Ooh, I think I'll obey the Lord tonight So therefore, they don't have life. Oh, Sister Darling, they walk around, they're breathing, and, and they're walking. Sure they are. But they're a walking dead man. Or a walking dead woman. And at the same time that they're doing all this, what is it? It's a, it's a, a, a God hole it's that only Christ can feel. And if I don't let, sister, if I don't let Christ feel that, then this world's going to say, well, I, you've got to feel that. Mm. So if I don't allow Christ to feel that, then the world's going to offer me something. Oh, what about this? What about that? I tell you what, Brother Pete, I don't want nothing out there in that world out there to feel this God hole in me. Amen. This void, only Christ can feel that. And that's who I want to feel it tonight. I don't want nothing to feel it but Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm totally content in serving Him. Amen. So I must have, uh, in other words, no matter what kind of preaching I send under, 
No matter what kind of holiness preaching I sit under, no matter who else is holiness around me, I must have a personal relationship with him. Amen? I must have a personal relationship with him. Amen. Uh, people can sit on the pew all day long, but still be unmoved. They can. I don't know how they can do it, but it's as simple to the fact, and, and you know, you can't figure it out, but yet when you see it in the spiritual sense, it's because they built that spiritual wall around them. They've not allowed it to go any further. So they can. They can sit right in a Holy Ghost service and be unmoved. Mm. But let me tell you something tonight. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Oh, it's dangerous. I'm going to say this tonight. I know my brother wouldn't mind me saying this tonight. He's give his testimony here, and I won't go into all the details. <laughs> I love my brother. But I've told him sometimes he goes around his elbow to get to his thumb. Amen. I love him. I know he wouldn't mind me saying that, but he goes in long details. I won't go into long details tonight about it. But it's, it's, it's serious. He had served God for years. He backslid. He ran from God. He ran just as fast as he could run. God kept saying, come on, Terry. Come on back home. I love you. Come on back home. Not now, God. No. That wall I'm talking about. Oh, he, he highly respected my mother. He highly respected me. Oh, yeah. He'd tell you quick, you know. He, he, he respected holiness. Don't come any further, though. Why? Because he wanted to do his thing. Threw up that wall. God kept saying, come on, Terry, come on back home. There came a time, brother, when God said, it is enough. And as I've said many times, he's given his testimony that he was saying no again. And God was more or less saying, brother, you're not going to tell me no again. If you ask somebody to marry you, what if that little brother had asked Riley to marry him and she, she said no? He probably wouldn't have asked her the second time, but you know God's so loving. I want you to be my bride. I love you. No! I love you. Come on to me. No! Even God, in his great love, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman, brother. And after a while, he'll be grieved. And he'll say, go on. Go on in your way. Go on in your way. Let me tell you something. It's serious. Don't take the love of God for granted. 1 John 5 and 12. He that hath the Son hath life. 
And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You see, even though they're walking, they're living as far as uh, this, this natural heart beating, and they're breathing, the lungs are breathing out air, they're a walking dead person. Why? Because the only life we can have is in Christ. Okay, notice, what did he say? Amen. To those that are in Christ. He said, to be in Christ, we must abide in the vine. Abide in the vine. After a person believes in Christ and is forgiven, he or she receives an eternal life and the power to remain in Christ. Do you see that tonight? Not only does he tell us to live for him, brother, but he gives us the power to live for him. Wow. So did you know that no wonder the scripture says thou art unexcusable, old man. We can't say, Lord, I don't I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't live this life. He's saying, Really? You abide in me and you're telling me you can't live it? Why? Because we're living it and he, he's living it through us. Remember, he's the vine, we're the branches. So all the love comes from the vine. So we're saying, I can't live it when I'm attached to the vine. We're lying. Hmm. Ooh, this is deep tonight. Amen. We receive our power to live this life through Christ. We live, re receive it from Him. It's given, we're given that power. The believer must then accept that responsibility in salvation and remain in Christ. The Greek word meno means to remain, continue, abide, or live. It's a renewed decision every single day. I'm going to serve Christ. I'm going to live in Christ. I love Him. I love serving Him. Oh, yes. I love serving Him. I don't serve Him because I've got to serve Him. I serve Him tonight because I love serving Him. I love serving Him. It's the best life anybody this side of glory could ever have. Can you imagine that, having the best life that anybody could ever have and turn that away? For anything that old Slewfoot has to offer, brother? I don't think so. Amen. We must continue abide or live just as the branch has life only as long as the life of the vine flows into it. Amen? So believers have Christ as life only as long as Christ as life flows into them through them remaining in Christ. There it is. When we start saying we can't live this life, I don't have the power to live this life, I can't do this, I can't do the other, we're saying I'm no longer attached to Christ. Because He is our source. Now notice, abiding in the vine, we must abide in Him. The conditions by which we remain in Christ. Notice, keeping God's words continually in our hearts and minds, that means we got to stay in the Word. If we start thinking, I don't need the Word to tell me how to live. I already know it. Oh, no. I need a daily supply. 
daily supply. What happens? Now, some of y'all may not have that problem. My husband doesn't. He's, he's diabetic. So you say, what are you talking about? He don't, sister, he, he never has a problem, thank God, with his blood sugar dropping too low. He has to watch it getting too high. He has to watch it because he's diabetic. He has to watch it getting too high. But what about me? I'm the opposite. I'm not diabetic. But what do I have to do, sister? If I don't eat, my blood sugar starts going down. It starts bottoming out. I can remember one time, and, and, and you know, I, I love to fast. I, I do, but I tell you, sis, the older I get, I'll, I'll just be honest with you, transparent, it's harder. It's harder for me to fast than it was. Brother, when I was younger, I have fasted, and, and not, not saying this, you know, for any glory of myself, but 18 days fasted when I was just a teenager. But brother, it'd, be, it'd take God for me to do that now. But one time I was fasting, and I had just fasted for the day and, and didn't have anything but just some, a little bit of water. And, and I preached that morning, preached that night. And after service, I thought, well, I'll, I'll break my fast. And, and so I thought, well, I'll get me a Coca-Cola. And I'll drink a Coca-Cola on the way home. Then when I get home, I'll eat something. Well, I'll tell you what, sister, that was bad. What happened, Winford and I was driving down the road. I drank a little bit of that Coca-Cola, and, and I got down the road, and I was sick. I was sick. And that Coca-Cola started coming up. And brother, by the time I got home, oh, listen to me. This, I'm showing you something. By the time I got home, I was too sick to eat then. I couldn't eat then because I was sick. You say, what are you saying, Sister Darling? I'm saying that's the way a lot of folks are today. They have gone so long without, without the word being penetrating their heart and their life till uh, they, they become sickly. They became anemic. Their spiritual blood sugar has dropped. And the devil has got them in a, a, in a position that even to try to reach out. They're, 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 if, they're, if their spirit man starts trying to reach out, then their mind says, no. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because they've gone so long being detached from the vine. Okay, keeping God's word continually in our hearts and minds and making it, amen, the guide for our actions. I must not do anything that's contrary to that word. Now notice number two, maintaining the habit of constant intimate communion with Christ in order to draw strength from him. I must draw my strength from him. That branch receives nourishment and water, etc. from the vine. And apart from the vine, it will die. Jesus is the water of life. We must... Uh, in other words, we must receive that water from him. We must receive that life from him. I remember, and I'm trying to hurry very quickly, but I remember many years ago, everybody remember when Sally came through? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And, and, and my husband and my brother and I, were we stayed at home. We were sitting in the living room, and I'll never forget it. There's a big, huge oak tree across the fence from our property. It wasn't even the property. The oak tree wasn't on our property, sister. We're sitting there in the living room. Next thing we knew, we heard something. Boom! We looked, and the, the, lead, the limbs brushed the side of our house. I mean, that... It came all the way from across the property, all, all the way across our fence. That was a big oak tree, brother. Came all the way and brushed the side of our house. If it came a little bit closer, it came right through our roof. But I said that to say this. Thank God we were spared on that. But here's that big old huge tree now sitting all the way across our fence, tore up our fence and over into our yard and, and about hit our house. My nephew from Florida, I mean from Georgia, uh, him, my youngest nephew, him and his uh, wife came, and two two of their boys came uh, over and, and helped us. They started cutting up those limbs, and I'm showing this something. They took uh, the chainsaw Matthew did and started cutting those uh, branches off of that big tree. And 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 I mean, there was a lot of, of limbs and stuff laying there. And, and and so after they left, after some time, and that was back when Winford and I both had a little bit more strength than what we got now. But I I remember that we said we got to do something with all of these. Um, limbs and stuff laying uh, around in the yard. And Sister Sharon, what happened? Uh, uh, we got out there and they said, well, if you put them out by the road, they'll pick them up. So what do we do? We're going back and forth. Carrying a bunch of those limbs. And there was something, brother, I noticed about those limbs. They had been detached from the vine, from the tree. So what happens is, once they were detached from that main tree, they started wilting. They started dying. And, and brother, we were carrying them back and forth. <laughs> Would we be able to do that now? Probably not. But we were carrying them back and forth uh, to the road. And come back, getting a bunch of them and dragging them to the road. Uh, and about that time, an old uh, buzzard went flying over. He was like, and he was flying over. And brother, we looked up at him and said, well, we might be half dead, but we're not dead yet. <laughs> Since he was waiting for us to fall over, he was ready to swoop down and get us. <laughs> we were about had it, but we weren't, we weren't completely had it. But I said that to say this, that those limbs, once they were cut away from the main part of the tree, they died. If you wonder tonight why you feel dead, if you do feel that way tonight, then you need to take inventory and you need to stop and think, when did I detach? When did I detach from the vine? Christ. Where did I leave him? He didn't leave us. Where did we leave him? Amen. 
Obeying his commands. Thirdly, obeying his commands, remaining in his love and loving each other. Notice, keeping our lives clean through the word, resisting all sin and yielding to the Spirit's direction. In 1 Peter 1 and 22, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, Fervently, that means passionately. If we're in Christ, we're going to love one another. Mm. If I say that I love Christ, but I cannot forgive somebody, I don't love Christ. You say, well, Sister Darling, you just don't know what somebody did to me. No, I don't. But I'm telling you, I've had some things happen to me in my life that a lot of people said I'd never forgave them for that. But I did. I did. And brother, I've even, they, they would hurt me. It literally felt like somebody took a dagger and stuck me in the heart and so much so that I cried. But yet, little sister, I could later on sit in the living room with them and carry on a conversation. And have no animosity in my heart. And did they ever ask me to forgive them? No. To this day, they've never asked me to forgive them, Brother Jimmy. But I did. Why? Because it don't always help them. It helps me. If I don't forgive, then I put up that wall. Let me hurry. Two get two categories. Of branches. First of all, we find in the Word of God the fruitless. The branches that cease to bear fruit are those who no longer have the life in them that comes from enduring faith in and love for Christ. If a person is not bearing spiritual fruit, they have detached themselves and disconnected themselves from Christ. If I am not bearing fruit, then I am not attached. To the vine. These branches, the father, the husbandman, amen, severs from the vine. When we don't bear fruit, after a while, the, the word of God severs. Uh, the word of God says that he'll sever us from the vine, meaning he separates them from the vital union with Christ because he will not allow us to be attached to him and have all these other stinking things in our life. Amen. He won't allow it. Matthew 3 and 10. And now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Going back really quickly to what my brother said when God came to him that last time and gave him that last call and he was first saying no. He said he literally could see it in his spirit the Holy Ghost walking towards the door. And he knew, brother, that was it. If he walked through that door, he would never ask him again. And he said his feet literally jumped up, and, the, and we all know the story, how he prayed and he surrendered his life to God. And to this day, he's still serving the Lord. But brother, he was that close to hell. That 
close. It didn't matter that he had one time stood behind a pulpit and ministered. Yeah, he did. It did not matter that God had gifted him with playing the guitar and writing songs. He's written more songs than I have. It didn't matter all the things that he had done for the Lord. The Lord says, I have dealt with you long enough. When they stop remaining in Christ, they cease having life. Therefore, they are severed and thrown into the fire. This parable of the vine and branches makes it unmistakably clear that Christ did not believe once in the vine, always in the vine. What's that mean, Sister Darling? That means that that doctrine of once saved, always saved. We can be saved and always stay saved, but if we detach ourselves from the vine, we are no longer going to be saved. Rather, Jesus gave his disciples a solemn but loving warning that it is indeed possible for true believers to un ultimately abandon, that means go AWOL, from their faith, turn their backs on Jesus, fail to remain in him, and be thrown into the everlasting fire. That's what the Word of God teaches. Amen. What happens to a good soldier? And I'm, I'm going to be closing here very shortly. But what happens to a good soldier? He could, he could be drafted or he could join the military willfully. My previous husband was drafted during the Vietnam War. He didn't join. He, he was drafted, so he went. Did he want to go? He didn't want to go. But that was his, his duty as a citizen. And he said, I'll go. And brother, he was, he was actually, uh, after he received all his training, he was uh, uh, shipped to Germany. And in his company, he was already a Christian then. They told him, they said, when you come in here, he came in there as a Christian. They said, you may come in here as a Christian, but you won't leave a Christian. He said, you watch me. <laughs> you watch me. Did he, there was, was there times that he didn't get very low? He said, yeah. He said there was times he got really low, you know, depressed and, and, and didn't want to be there, but he had to be there. And, and God even woke a woman up over here in the country one night in the middle of the night, sis, woke her up and told her to pray for him. Amen. Right. But he could have said, I don't want to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know what would have happened if he had went AWOL? You know what would happen. He went in a good soldier, but he wouldn't have been left. He wouldn't have been discharged later on down the road with an honorable discharge. Amen? Because he'd have, if he'd have went AWOL. But he stayed in there, and he prayed. And he, he sister, he, he said, God, I don't ever want to have to kill anybody. But if I go to war, I'm going to have to kill somebody. And did you know two or three times, brother, his company while he was in Germany was called to go to Vietnam. And he prayed. Thank God for, out of all that company, I, I don't know if they ever realized, thank God for one praying man. Because some of them boys might have went over there and got killed. But one man in that company, brother, was praying and saying, God, I don't want to have to go to Vietnam. And did you know two or three times, every time since it was changed, 
Every time, it went, the last minute it was changed and he didn't have to go to Vietnam. And he served out his time in the military and then he was discharged and he left with an honorable discharge. But if he had left on his own, he'd have went AWOL, brother. You say, what are you saying, Sister Darling? I'm saying that's what a lot of people's gone AWOL on Jesus. And he's saying, I can't use you. I can't use you until you come back to me. Amen? I'm fixing to close here. Their relationship of the believer with Christ is never a static relationship based solely upon a past decision on experience. It is progressive relationship as the Lord lives in the believer and shares with them his divine life. Three important truths are taught in this parable, and we're going to be closing here very shortly. The responsibility of remaining in Christ is placed upon the disciples. This is our responsible. We're our response to God's gift of divine life and power given at our conversion. The Lord has completed everything at Calvary for us to be kept, but we cannot do it within ourselves. We will not be kept if we don't allow Christ to keep us. And then remaining in Christ results in his continued indwelling, the fruitfulness of the believer's success in prayer and fullness of joy. And we notice also that the consequences of failure to remain in Christ are fruitlessness. Not fruitfulness, but fruitlessness, removal from Christ, and facing destruction. Now notice what he said very quickly to the fruitful. The fruitful... A fruitful branch are those who have life in them because of their enduring faith in and love for Christ. These branches, the Father prunes, notice this church, the Father prunes so that they will become more fruitful. That is, He removes from their lives anything that diverts or hinders the vital life flow of Christ into them. We must allow the Holy Ghost to prune things in our life. If we're not producing fruit tonight, we need to allow the Holy Ghost to prune around us. Amen? He does. He prunes around us and, and he finds those things that have started attaching themselves to us and things that will cause us to detach ourselves from the vine and he will prune around those things. He will cut those things back if we will allow him to. Amen. And the fruit we find is the quality of Christian's character that brings glory to God through life and witness. I want us to notice very quickly and as I said, we're fixing to close here. But in Romans 6 and 22, notice what he says here. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. What is true holiness? True holiness is Christ living in me. I can never put it on. No matter how much I might look it on the outside, if it's not on the inside, brother, I'm really not holiness. Did you know that? Oh, but Sister Darling, they look like holiness to the T. That don't make them holiness. Because holiness starts with 
Christ in me, me being in him and him in me and it being within me. And if he's not in me, then I'm not truly holy. Now notice last of all, he said, go and bring forth fruit. Amen. We must go as believers. If we are attached to the vine, then we're to go and bring forth fruit. All Christians are chosen, last of all, out of the world to bear fruit. This fruit bearing refers to, first of all, spiritual virtues, such as the fruit of the Spirit mentioned, and we find that love, joy there in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That is the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. And then second of all, working for the conversion of others in Christ. Amen. I cannot get others saved. I cannot cause others to desire to be saved if Christ is not in me. If I'm not abiding in the vine tonight, then I cannot cause others to want to be in Christ. Amen. A lot of folks will live like the devil all week, and I'm fixing to close, but they'll live like the devil all week, and then they'll see their buddy on the job. Hey, come on and go to church with me. Yeah. <laughs> They're thinking, really? Well, what kind of church you go to? Because they must see it in you and I. Amen, I'm closing tonight. But I want to ask the question, do we have the source of life abiding in us tonight? Are we attached to that vine that causes us to keep living? Or are we laying there on the ground like those um, branches that I talked about that uh, were cut off of that tree after the storm? And brother, they were lifeless. And it showed it. It showed it very soon that they were lifeless. The leaves started turning. They, they, were, they, were, they were dead. They had no life in them. They had no life in them. I want us to stand tonight. And I want us to ask ourselves, am I bearing fruit tonight? Am I bearing fruit tonight? Is Christ living in me? Am I living in Him? Or have I somewhere way back down the road, have I detached myself from Him? Have I, since I detached from Him, have I built a wall around me? And that I have said, this is as far as you're going to go. I'm not hungry. And I'm not thirsty. I don't want any more right now. Or are we saying, Lord, I am so hungry. Lord, I'm so thirsty. Lord, you're all I want. You're all I need. I want life. And that life is in you. Will you come tonight? Will you come tonight? This altar's open. I tell you tonight, I don't want anything but Jesus tonight. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Take that whole world out there. But all I want is Jesus. Praise God. Praise God.